Hey, Mathis. <laughs> hey, John. How you doing? Super. How are you? I'm good. I just got home, and when I walked in the door, guess what my roommate was watching? Um. Ooh, tough. Give me, like, one hint. Um. Ooh, there's so many good hints. Something that's not going to give it away, but I just don't know lots, where to... Lots of screaming, and the press thought that it was... Uh, there was rape involved whenever it was first coming out, but it wasn't. Mm. It was just a violent attack, and and Leonardo just won an Oscar for it. <laughs> oh, the Revenant! <laughs> Literally, it was the middle of the bear attack scene, and I just started laughing when I walked in, and he was like, "Wait, who uh, thought someone was getting raped? I'm confused." Did you see that whole press story that was like the bear rapes him? No. In that scene? No. Yeah, that was like that's a huge so thing. silly. It was a huge thing for like two days. It was like Leonardo DiCaprio gets raped by a bear in The Revenant. Like he, those were all no. the headlines. He was literally being like clawed at and bitten. How can they even make that argument? Well, there's this one part where the bear does like this double thrust on him and it looks very sexual. And I think that people oh. just, it just got through a rumor mill. But it was just really funny when it was going around because it was like, wow, Leo will do anything for an Oscar. He's yeah. raped by a bear for an Oscar. <laughs> that makes the bear waving at the Oscars so much better. <laughs> I know, doesn't it? It's like, hey, I'm still here. Um, yeah, so he turns to me when I walk in and I'm like laughing and he's like, I'm starting to realize this this isn't going to be a fun movie to watch. And I'm like, no, it's not. What I gave promise. you that idea? <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Was it the childish tone that it gives out? So much innocence, so much innocence. childlike wonder and awe. Oh, so divine. So divine, yeah. <laughs> well, that's fun. I've been binging Arrow. Have Have you ever watched I Arrow? I saw your tweets. I, I watched know, a I... few episodes with my sister, and I was like, I can't do this. I, uh, I mean, I started watching the first season quite a while ago. And then I stopped. Like, it really didn't pull me in. Um, yeah. But then, for some reason... Well, I watched The Flash, um, and they do crossover episodes. So they do. Yeah. it got to the point where I was like, I just need to watch The Arrow, because everything's getting ruined for me by watching The Flash. And oh. so, then when I finally got into it, I was like, this is it. I'm loving it. And my roommate watches that, too. Hey, it's really good. Once you get past the first season and half of the second season. <laughs> See, that I'm – no. No, you lost <laughs> me at – once you get past dot, 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 I'm already like, no, I don't I, – no, I'm good. There's so okay. many shows that I actually enjoy that I don't watch. Like, Right, you're not going to watch something to think that... of one. Yeah, I'm so close to finishing the last season of House of Cards. Not the one that just came out, but the – the right. last one to come out. I'm so close to the end, and I actually really like it. I said I wasn't going to say anything about it till I get to the end, though, so I'm not going to yeah, say any you, more than that. So, but So you just hold your horses there, compadre. Holding, holding the horses. Good. Did you, did you see the um, – there's a Hey Arnold movie announce that's coming out. I did see that there was Hey Arnold stuff coming out. I didn't know if it was more episodes or was it – it's a movie? It's a two-part movie, so like two one-hour uh, segments that are oh. going to be a TV movie. How exciting is that? 
I mean, that is pretty exciting, but I'm going to be honest. I, I feel like I really don't care. <laughs> Even though I yeah. love the show, I feel like that's one of the shows, like, when you're an adult, I don't know. I'm, I can't, I'm, I'm just not excited for it. Yeah, you want to know what kind of show is, like, you become an adult, and then it kind of, like, it doesn't, the resurgence doesn't make you happy. What is it? Fuller House. Mm-hmm. I've actually heard from several people that it's not too bad. I, I watched uh, like the pilot people our and age. I thought so. it was terrible. Well, it's rated G, so <laughs> I figured it's not going to be. Well, I actually heard there's a lot of, um, there's there, not a lot, but there are some like drug and sensual references. Yeah, throughout, I heard that too. Which which is weird, but not like I'm fine with a G-rated show, but it's just it's written so bad, like. It reads like a seventh grade fanboy wrote an episode <laughs> that took place like thirty years later and was like, "You're probably going to upset thing. some people." <laughs> yeah, I know, probably. But I was just like, I almost shut it off because it, it's not even twenty minutes long; it's thirty six minutes. So I was like, oh. "This is this is a lot to suffer through." Yeah, I don't so think bad. I'm going to watch it. To be honest, no, I'm not going to. Not now. Unless I'm desperate for a show. I mean, you are the one watching all of Arrow right now. True. But I ain't mad in your eyes, that's not desperate. So no, like, I'm living for it good. right now. So like hashtag next, living, you know. Next thing you know, you're gonna be watching Legends of Tomorrow. I already watched that. So I heard it's terrible. Why are you watching that? Well, because I watched the. It's like it's kind of like a Marvel thing. You kind of just end up watching all the parts of it, and oh my I just do. And that was also a reason why I had to watch Arrow, because there's characters from Arrow that are in that, and I was like, I just have to oh catch up. Oh my goodness. No. It's not great. The, they could definitely do a lot more with it. The writing's not good. Half of the actors aren't good. So, I mean, it's... So it's mostly bad? It's mostly bad, but it's it's fun. But you gotta watch it. I gotta watch it, you connected. know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Rory from Doctor Who's in it. <laughs> so I just like... Oh, yeah. Arthur Darvel. <laughs> Did you just say a real name? Yeah, that's his real Did name. Did you just say Dargel? Darvel. Darhol? Vol. V. Vol. Darvel. Oh, it kind of sounded like an alien species from Star Trek. Like, here are the Darvels. Ooh, maybe that's what he's. That's like his origin. He is from Doctor Who. Never mind. That was the other person. <laughs> that was Laurie. What? The person you said before this was from Doctor Who, yeah. not this person. Rory? Yep. I was like, well, he is from Doctor Who, but nope, he's not. No, Rory is. Darvel. Yeah. Arthur Darvel oh, is. Oh, Darvel is. Oh, this is really confusing. Darvel is Rory. Darvel equals Rory. <laughs> <laughs> Are you getting this over your dumb phone call? <laughs> Honestly, though, like, the okay, so the biggest movie news of the week is yeah. the Finding Dory trailer and the Ghostbusters trailer came out. Mm -hmm. And I think that they're worth talking about because you and I both have very differing opinions on teaser trailers, for one. Yes. And Well, I, uh, I don't consider those two teaser trailers. See, for me, they are the failure of a teaser trailer. No. Because, because the teaser trailer is well, supposed to, like bring people in like get them interested and those 
those trailers just feel like really bad attempts to capture. Well, the Dory trailer definitely wasn't a teaser because it was the official trailer too, number two. Oh, it was. Yeah, I mean maybe unless you watched the first one, but there was what did what did you think of that though? Like I was not a fan of it. I no, I wasn't either. I was like, this looks. It seems borderline really exactly. Yeah. And there was way too many references to Finding Nemo, like same jokes, which is fine. I understand yeah. we have to do that, but A, don't put them in the trailer for a yeah, new exactly. movie, and B, you have to limit those, like I, yeah. especially if you want like a wide audience. Yeah, I was, I was really... I'm glad I wasn't the only one that was... Yeah, I was right. too. Right. Uh, honestly, my feelings for both trailers were exactly identical. I was like, I love the franchise that you're coming from, and I just don't. I don't oh, connect with I this. love the Ghostbusters one. I really did. <laughs> see, th- see, this is also why I wanted to bring it up. Because I was like, <laughs> I feel like John is just going to like go against me. Maybe uh, he doesn't even like the trailer, but he'll say he likes it, so he goes against me. I do not so, do that. No, I know you don't. But you, you don't like the original Ghostbusters, right? It's not that I don't like it. I just haven't seen all of it. <laughs> okay. So... Uh, for people who don't know who are listening to this, Ghostbusters is in my top, probably in my top ten films of all time, yes. and it's it's my favorite comedy. I think. Like, I'm trying to think of another comedy I love more than Ghostbusters. Uh, Scary Movie Three. We're not talking about your list. We're talking about my <laughs> list. Scary Movie Three is good, and then it's bad. It's a classic, Mathis. It's good, and then it's bad. It's a good, bad classic. Cindy. The TV's leaking. <laughs> yeah, okay. I could literally go through that whole movie. So if anyone wants a reenactment, you give me a call. I'll start scene one, page one. <laughs> uh, it would be pretty close, too. Like, I feel like you could capture most of the voices pretty well. I could. <laughs> oh, my God. But no, but I really like the ghost. I like I even first act. Oh. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. We're talking about Ghostbusters. What am I even doing? Yeah, stop Go distracting ahead. us. Sorry. <laughs> um, I even rewatched. I watched it probably three times. Um, I honestly loved the tone of it. I loved how they didn't put in too many jokes because I could see that being filled with all of their jokes. The trailer um, really wanting to draw people in. Um, the one thing I didn't like was I felt like the the four characters. The people that play them, I feel like they're playing their stereotype character. They are, yeah. Um, you know, especially Kate McKinnon. I feel like I literally only see her do that one type of character, which I don't even know how to describe it. But if you've seen SNL, SNL and you've character. seen anything she does, yeah. it's literally that. Yeah. Um, well, I think on, she's going to be the strongest on, character of the cast, but continue. Oh. I mean, I think she's going to be the comedic uh, person, but... Right. I, I, well, t- I love. I, sorry, we just keep no, doing ahead. that. We keep talking. <laughs> go ahead. You're no, I was gonna talking. say I didn't mind. I didn't mind Kristen. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> um, I didn't mind Kristen Wiig's character. Actually, I didn't mind any of them. I just felt like they were playing the character they always play. Um, it just well, and here that's the problem with me that the movie seems like it's such like a. It's just a cruising movie. Like, we're just going to play all the same tricks that we always do for these movies. We're just going to do the same characters. And, like, even the jokes that they're telling, I'm like, 
I mean, yeah. that joke has been told 30,000 times. Like the... <laughs> I laughed, though. Mark that's joke. the thing. I, I like, laughed. not funny anymore. <laughs> I laughed. I didn't laugh at all. Maybe I shouldn't have watched it as soon as I woke up. Maybe I should have, like, had a cup of yeah, coffee. Yeah, we, we know what happens when you wake morning. up and people try to do jokes. <laughs> yeah, they don't work. Party popper. That's, so that's not fair. Party popper. Yeah, I totally party poppered that trailer. I was just like, you did. not having it. Mm-mm. But the thing is, is that the, the original Ghostbusters has more wit and uh, just quiet humor than most comedies do, and it makes it really special. Like, the jokes Yeah, but it was also underplayed. made in an entirely different time period. I mean, it was right. in the 80s, right? Right, yeah, but and I know like, that, like, you have to be a little more over Everything's today. changed since then. Yeah, but I, it doesn't seem like a witty movie to me, and that kind of made me sad. Like, yeah, they I don't, can understand It does not that. seem witty. Um, can I tell you the trailer that I have been watching almost every day? <laughs> yeah, tell me. I would love to know. The Suicide Squad trailer. The second one. Oh, God. John? No, it's so good. It's so bad. I'm sorry. I just... No, I think it looks terrible. You tell me what's wrong with that trailer. I mean, it just it just looks really dumb. I don't I don't know what it is. I think that that trailer the only thing that makes that trailer good is that Bohemian Rhapsody is playing the whole time, and that I, that song just makes everything more fun. I think that all the characters are going to be uh, underdeveloped. I think Harley Quinn will be the most developed, and she'll still be really bad. And I think that Will Smith is annoying every time he comes up on screen. I think that most of the characters are, like, uh, uninteresting to me. It's just nothing. You're I like, Debbie I'm Downer tonight, Mathis. Debbie I, Downer. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because i got to go to work tomorrow and it's just setting in right now or something. Maybe. I don't know. But, no, that's not what it is, John, because I've hated this trailer <laughs> since the moment I saw no, it. No, but here's like, the thing. You have no. something... I mean, we both kind of have something against Zack Snyder. But... That's not Zack Snyder, though. That's Batman versus Superman. Okay. I think I like David Ayers. I think he's... I mean, like, I liked End of Watch. I haven't seen much else he's made, but... David Ayers is the director okay. of Suicide Squad for anybody listening. Like, you know that, John, but... Others. Ayer, Ayer. <laughs> but you keep enjoying that trailer. You keep doing I will. your thing. I guess I'll just enjoy it by myself. <laughs> I, I The only I'll... good superhero movie coming out this year is Civil War. Like, every other trailer is underwhelming me. Like, the X-Men trailer should be so much better than it is. The Suicide Squad trailer right. just did not make me happy. Batman vs. Superman is well, a complete, don't pardon know, the French, but it's a shit show. <sighs> well, that is your own individual opinion. <laughs> okay, well, tell me, at least you have to admit that the Civil War trailer is the best trailer of superhero movies coming out this year. Yeah, it's definitely thebomb.com. I don't disagree. Let's see, at least we agree on that. Of course, but that, I love those types so of good. movies. I mean, and I, I sometimes do too. I, I just, I don't know. I don't. I don't want it to be mediocre. If I'm gonna go see a superhero movie. Yep. Jafiel. <laughs> Jafiel. Oh, speaking of Jafiel. 
Did you see that there's going to be a Jump Street yes. and a Men in Black crossover? Yes, I did. Um, what is I life? What is life, what Mathis? Of it. No, I don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> First of all, to is Tommy Lee Jones coming rich. back? <laughs> no, no. Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones are not in it. Are you kidding me? Why do it then? I don't. I have no idea. Like I have no idea what any of it actually means. Okay. But I'm now very I'm mad for it. <laughs> now, now I'm mad because that should well, be one of the main reasons they do it. Is that the Men in Black original cast is doing it, and then obviously Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill are doing it. Otherwise, don't do it. Yeah, but I mean, you saw Men in Black three. Like, I just don't want those. I, it's not working anymore. Well, I think that was just that script and that yeah, story. That I think true. it. Oh, now I'm, now I'm sad. I don't know what it is exactly. I think it's like they get brought into the Men in Black community in some way so it's not like it's not really like big men in black heavy hitting characters it's just like jonah hill and shang tatum have to help the men in black that's my guess that's completely speculation like i have no idea so, ugh, nah. nah it's just it's bold enough to make me go yep i'm still excited about this franchise like it's so weird that i don't it's... i don't think that's bold I mean, who would do that? Like, who would mix Men in Black and 21 Jump Street into the same series? Right. That's crazy. There's, like, no point to it. Especially if Will Smith's not coming back. And Tommy. And Tommy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of crossovers, like, how is that King Kong versus Godzilla movie going to work out? Like, how do you make Kong big enough to fight the new Godzilla, you know? I mean, Kong's pretty big. <laughs> you saw the new Godzilla, though. That guy, that guy would Huge. eat Tyrannosaurus Rexes for breakfast. Mm-hmm. He's he's a biggin. Okay, I'm if, really if excited. Superman can fight Batman. Godzilla can fight King Kong. My oh my god! Did we talk about that? My favorite moment from the Batman versus Superman trailer, like the last one. I don't think so. I, is this a is this a real favorite moment or like I hate it, it my favorite? No, moment. it it actually is. I'm not being sarcastic. Oh, okay, it's like it's like Batman just like walks up to Superman. He kind of just like jumps in his way. He's like ha, and then Superman just like pats him and he flies through the city. Like he just like pops him like on the chest and uh-huh. Batman goes flying backwards. And it's like oh man, see, there's no way he holds his own. But then you get to the end of the trailer. And then somehow Batman stops Superman's fist, and I don't understand. But it's like, yeah. beginning of the trailer, he just pats him on the chest and he flies across the city. And then at the end of the trailer, Superman can't punch Batman. I, I don't understand. I don't think what anyone your, does, Mathis. What's your take on that, though? Do you think it's a kryptonite suit? Do I think it's a what? Like a kryptonite armored suit. Yes, I that has to be it. Because there's yeah. honestly no way that Superman can be defeated by Batman without Kryptonite. Yeah, I don't know I'm if there's any think of other ways that you could do it. You'd have to like you'd have to change the universe, like make new rules. Right. I don't know. 
I just don't know anything anymore, Mathis. My life has turned upside down ever since Tommy Lee Jones is not going to be in the crossover. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's the role of his lifetime, and it might be Will Smith's too. Like, the first Men in Black still just kicks ass. Like, it is so well done. And as bad as the second one is, I still love it. <laughs> oh, that's exactly how I feel. I'm like, this is not, like, and when you're watching it, you're like, this is not great, but it's still really fun. Yeah, I thought it was fun the whole way around. Like, put me on that merry-go-round. <laughs> I thought it was fun the whole way around. <laughs> also, did um, I wanted to talk about the Power Rangers movie. Because oh they released yeah. the first image of the cast together. Did you see them? Nope. Keep talking. Oh, my goodness. I was like, yes, 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 well, yes. I got my drums out, and I played them around the house. <laughs> You just went full tribal on the Power Rangers photo. I was so obsessed with Power Rangers as a child. Yes, me too. I was them for Halloween every year. I played with all of the action figures. I I mean, I did stop watching the show after like the 27th season, um, as (laughs) one does. But it got stupid. I will say that. It just got stupid. You know, honestly, I have three morphers. Gonna be honest. Power Rangers was one of those shows where I watched it way after, like, it was meant for my demographic. When was the what was the last season you remember watching? Dino Thunder. That oh, I think that was the one that I stopped. I was that the one after Time Force. Uh, it's a few after Time Force. Okay, the the one that I remember watching all the way through last was Time Force. Oh my God, John, they look so young. I just pulled up the cast photo. Right? Is it them on the rock? (laughs) Yeah, it looks so Mighty Morphin, them standing on the See, rock See, but right doesn't now. it look like just like a new hip vibe that they're going to do it and they're going to do it well? The cast looks good. It's one of those things where it's either going to be terrible or it's going to be really fun. I know? think it's like, going to be super fun, especially because Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks is in it now. Oh, that's right. She's playing Rita. Rita Repulsa. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. I think she's perfect for that, honestly. Like, I hope when I so. read that, I was like, she's perfect. She could do this. Oh, it people. looks, it looks hip enough to be like a rap music video or it like does. a Disney Channel show. <laughs> My favorite is that they're like in a quarry, so you know that like they're like yeah. So we're just gonna meet at this quarry. <laughs> you guys stand up on that rock. We're gonna get those trees in the background. You know what it looks like? It looks like where they find the ooze. Kind of. Just a little bit. Yeah, I mean the fact that it's a quarry, it's like how they found ooze, but it, this looks much more vacant than the construction site that they found oozing yeah wow they they're young too i like how young they are oh that sounded creepy that did sound creepy <laughs> i just you just can't do like no 30 year olds right. playing 18 year olds like which i'm sure some of them are that old but they don't right. like it the billy look-alike looks pretty old yeah the guy who kind of he, he's got like billy matched with like um marty mcfly Totally. <laughs> uh, I saw that article that you uh, retweeted, though, that Max Landis worked on the script. And it, then I was like, okay, uh-huh. okay, I'm ready for this movie. Like, let's do this. So it's going to be quirky. It's going to be weird. And it's going to be great. Right. I think the thing is, is you just have to embrace how ridiculous the Power Rangers are. And right. then it's going to work. Like, oh, my gosh. That's... I, I just, Go like, got reminiscent. Like, I can't wait till they morph for the first time. I'm going to cry. If you cry watching this Power Rangers movie because a bunch of silly little teenagers morph, I'm going to judge you. 
I don't even care. I don't even care. <laughs> I I don't know if I ever knew that you really loved the Power Rangers. So this is a great bonding moment because well, yeah, I, I mean, no one ever talks about them, so I, it, my like nerd never comes out. Yeah, they're definitely like they're a childhood. Uh, I'm glad we never talked about this. I'm surprised. Bookmark. I mean, yeah. I think we totally. What'd you say? Nothing. Sorry, you were breaking up a little, so I was trying to like get what you were saying. But I think we're back. Oh. Well, I think we're back now. You can hear me. Yep. Okay. Cool. Um, did you have any other cultural stuff? This is fun because we don't have the Oscars anymore, so we kind of have more time to just kind of like talk cultural. I don't know why. I yeah. Now we don't. Now we don't have to have to go through our categories but when game of thrones starts up we're going to be talking about game of thrones pretty uh pretty not in depthly what would the word be and i saw that uh i mean i don't know yeah in depth maybe too in depth to say but i feel like we're going to talk about it we're going to be tracking with it that's the best way to put it yeah um, yeah, I so saw that. If you go ahead, no, Sorry. you can finish. I was just gonna say, like, if um, if any of the listeners like watch Game of Thrones, like, we'll be tracking it, and you can listen mm-hmm. to us, uh, you know, talk about it, and you could email or tweet us about it, and we'll be sure to like bring it up. It's gonna be Ooh, a lot of fun. Maybe maybe we could live tweet. I think that would be a good idea. Yeah. Um, I saw it today that uh, the person that plays Cersei. Lena, uh, I don't know if it's Hadley or Sophie Had- Turner. No, nope. Cersei, not Sansa. Oh, yep, I know who you're talking about. Lena um, Hadley. Okay. She said that she just saw footage from season six, six <laughs> season six, season six, <laughs> and it's gonna be amazing. You're gonna take her word for it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's in the show. She, she's, she's like knows better than you. She's intense. So I mean, if she's saying it's she good, is, yeah. I, I don't think she'd just uh, twiddle our, uh, I don't know the right phrase. Our fancy, twiddle our fancy. I mean that show is that show is well renowned for twiddling your fancy. Maybe, maybe. Did Mathis. you see? Did you did you see the photos <laughs> from Tim Burton's new film? Yes. It looks really. I was gonna charming. bring it up, but I d- I didn't think the people would really know what it's a know it. So. I don't even know what to call it. What's what's the how do you say the title? Do you know? I have no idea. Something with peculiar children. But yeah, uh, the, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Gifted yeah. Children, something like that. It looks it was really a book good. or something. And someone said it's like a Tim Burton-y look at like X-Men. And I was like, that's totally what it looks like. <laughs> also mixed with Mary Poppins, though, you know? Like this this woman just walking in with her superpowers and like teaching these children. like right. It feels very like Tim Burton meets Mary Poppins meets X-Men. I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah. And Ava Green looks like perfect. Like she just has a very interesting look in everything she's in. And she just looks really good here. Yeah. I typically don't like her in things. Me neither. Um, But remember when she was the best part of the 300 sequel? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Come on. Come on now. I'm not being sarcastic. She was. 
I guess. totally was. I, I honestly don't even remember the 300 sequel. We saw it together. Do you I remember? do remember that. It was when I was in grad school. It th- was, yeah. Um, but I honestly could not tell you two things that happened in that movie besides big fight and blood. Okay, so I guess that was two things. I couldn't tell you three things that happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I can't remember anything in the movie. I'll give you that. I just remember going like, wow, Ava Green really is the only redeeming factor of this movie right now. Cersei's in that movie, too. Whoa. <laughs> no, she's not, is she? Uh, she is. Oh, because she's in the first one, and then she has, like, little snippets in the second one. That's exactly. Right. Yeah. She's got the perfect look for... for Badassery. Uh, well, yeah, like, Renaissance, Greekish, yeah. uh, fantasy, like, all of that stuff. She's got the, the really, the really nice look for that. She sure does, Mathis. She sure does. <laughs> You've used my name so many times in this episode. <laughs> well, Mathis, I just don't know. That's that's for you to decide, Mathis. Uh-huh. That's, you can have your own opinion, Mathis. <laughs> um, I do want to mention one more cultural thing. Okay, and then uh, let's move on, because I feel like yeah. if people don't like cultural, they're probably like Snooze Fest USA. Yeah, they're probably like, what's the point of all of this? Which so, really there isn't a point, but we just love it. Exactly. And speaking of Love It, the 1975, their new album came out last week, and it is so, so good. Like, it's unbelievably good. And they're like, they're like one of those bands where they're really speaking from their heart in the most, um, in the most direct way possible. And sometimes it's like really uncomfortable music, like in the sense of, oh, wow, when I really think about those words, that's kind of like a mean thing to say or that's like an, a wrong thing to say. Uh, but they're saying it. So it's just, it's really great because they have that characteristic. You can see uh, you can see their songs from the first album to the second album really like showing the evolution of real people. So like, for example, um, there's a song from the deluxe version of the second album called Antichrist. And... It is about the lead singer's struggle to, um, the reason why he doesn't accept religion or the reason why it's hard for him to accept in God, like that's what the song's about. And he talks about his upbringing and, um, his family life and his personal life. And it's just a really powerful song. And because all these other songs are really from the heart, you really just, you understand him when you're, when you're listening to that song. And there is, um... There's a new song on this next album called If I Believe You, and it's a song about, it's sort of the lead singer is throwing around the idea of like, what would it look like if I actually did believe in God, if I actually, um, if I actually trusted this Jesus guy. And it's just, it's really powerful to see, to see not just, I mean, it's spiritual, which obviously makes it more powerful, but just to see the evolution of people in a band like that. Like, I don't listen to any other artists that are like that, I don't think. And it's right. just, it just gave me chills when I first listened to the song. I was like, this, these are real people. Like, this is a very, you know, like, it's just great art, you know, to be able to do that with your music. I love a good struggle with religion or God song. I, lo- I... Well, I'll send you, I'll send you the new song. <laughs> I think you'll like it a lot. Yeah. Anyways, I just want to say 
that it, that's my most anticipated album of the year. So we, we, I'm already through it. Like, whoops, like it's already gone, which <laughs> I have no other album to look forward to this year. Not to that caliber, but I'm, I'm blown away by it. And I suggest that everybody go listen to it right now. It's right now. Yeah. Shut this podcast off and go listen to that album. But really totally. don't do that. Don't do that. I mean, they can always come back to us. Come back. Baby, come back. (laughs) We'll sing to Uh, you if you come back. Yeah, right. Uh, Should we do emails next? We should, yeah. See how I led into that? Uh Uh-huh. Do you actually? Yes, I do. It took me a second, but I do. Yeah. Um, So we got two emails this week, which is great, because it wasn't zero. (laughs) (laughs) Anything's better than Uh, nothing. I cracked myself up. Honestly, the emails are the best part of everything. I, yeah, I like, legitimately love emails. It's exciting. And then we don't have to think of questions. Like Exactly. It's just like, oh, see, we already have questions given to us, and it's things people actually want to hear about. So we're not shooting in the dark. Yeah. Okay, so why don't you do yours first? Or I can do mine. I oh. guess it doesn't matter. Um, what, do you, what, what do you want to do tonally? You want to go a little more funny and... Uh, uh, it's funny and I don't know. Yeah, I guess we should probably do funny first. Yeah, that's what I feel first. like. <laughs> so we should do mine first? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so we have another email from my good friends over at school, um, Sarah Shamrock and Kylie Cyrus. Woo! That's going to be their names. They spelled Cyrus right this time. Oh, good job, thank guys. glob. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so they made us rap last time uh, to the Shoop song and we have another one this week because this is the song that last week uh, Kylie Cyrus didn't know so like we were at the end of the day we were all standing there and she didn't know this song so we were playing it and everyone was like you don't know this song um, <laughs> and it's uh, the Just the Two of Us song um, there was in like a 70s version but then Will Smith did it back in I think the late 90s um so do you know what the song is um i know a song that goes like just the two of us i don't know if that's this song yes that is okay i didn't realize we Will can Smith make had a version it if it. we try that one. Oh, i don't how does how does he say just the two of us just the two of us we can make it if we try just, just the, the two, two of us. us you and i that one Wait, sing a little bit more, because I feel I like I don't, don't know. I don't know it. anymore. Oh, that's awkward. But I just sang it, so I guess that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> They're going to be pissed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so then they actually they have another question, too, and it was, if you could invite God to a book talk, what book would you read and discuss? And if you asked him to bring an appetizer, what a do you think he would bring? Once again, great job with the puns. Totally. Better than I will ever be. Um, you know, so honestly, I forgot that uh, I forgot this question, and I got it confused with the other question, and I totally forgot that this was a question. So now I'm, like, thinking of what I thought of originally. I should have wrote it down because I thought of two things for this. Oh, okay. Um, I, knew what, I know what mine is, so do you want me to go? Yeah, sure. You should go. I would invite God to a book talk of Love Wins by Rob Bell. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That was the first one I thought of, and honestly, I would love it because there's so much in that book that, like, changed my view of God in such a good and powerful Mm. way 
that I would love God to be there to just like give me thumbs up throughout the whole thing <laughs> and like point at me and wink like yeah. Um, God's just sitting in the circle like I think nodding. should read another passage from Wins. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and if I wanted him to, br- I didn't think of an appetizer part. Um, let's see, I would want him to bring. Oh, tough choice, tough choice, tough choice, tough choice. Um, chips and salsa, because I love salsa. Mm, that's a good choice. Thank you. I think the only appetizers worth bringing to any party are chips and salsa and cheese. Totally. Honestly, like, cheese is my favorite. I would ask God to bring cheese, because I think God would know cheeses better than anybody else I invited to the book club, you know? He would know everything about it. He'd be like, this is a Swiss cheese from the outskirts <laughs> of the Swiss city um, I don't know any Swiss cities. Did you I'd be know? Like, God, are you reading Wikipedia? <laughs> and then he just like looks up from his phone. Yeah. No. <laughs> He's like, no, I had to text back a, a friend. Yeah. Uh, no, no, that wasn't me. Keep reading from the book. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a great book to like. It doesn't even have to be like a spiritual book. It could be like no, yeah, Harry I Potter. Exactly. I was trying to think of like just a really fun book too to discuss with God. I think I think The Old Man in the Sea would be really fun to discuss with God because it's such a like have you read it? Nope. It's very interesting. Uh it's very like a parable esque. Like this old man, this old fisherman is uh out at sea and he like hooks the, the, like the most large fish ever like it looks like a whale to him when he first hooks it and um and like the line is stuck in his mouth good like he's not getting loose if the fisherman can keep the fish and it's it's a short story it's about a hundred pages long and it's basically about like this it's it's a few days of him trying to like hold this fish and wear it out like yeah and it's just it's a very it's a very man versus nature story. Like, uh, if I remember right, um, I don't want to spoil the ending, actually. Yeah, no spoilers. But it's it's just, like, it's just very, like, wonderfully written. Like, he's talking about the things he sees as the fish pulls him, like, out into the sea. And he, like, sees things. And he talks about, like, the condition of his body as he's, like, holding this rod, like, the flesh just you know being pulled off his hands like as he keeps going and it's just a really like intense oh. but really simple book and yeah and i would love to ask I, god then like about suffering yeah Which I feel. see like that, that would be interesting and it's it's just it has a very spiritual vibe to the book and i would just be like god i i know that this book's profound i can't figure out in all the ways that it is and him just be like well I mean, in every way, you know, and just like open up the book and be like, look at this and look at that and look at this and yeah. be like, ah, Jafiel. Jafiel, Jafiel. Oh, I forgot about the last part of this email too. How did I forget this? I don't know. Did you even read the email? I did. <laughs> don't throw me under the bus. Um, okay, so essentially we have to come up with a nickname for you. Right. Hmm. That can also be something we think of over this week, and then maybe next week we can. Yeah, I'm gonna be. Cause I'm I don't want to. I just don't want like a random nickname we think of off the off the cuff. No, no, that would be bad. Right. You have such a good last name for this, though. Like, do we have to? No, no, we don't have to. But 
I'm trying to think of what else could be, like, fun and actually be your name. I guess, like, Kylie Cyrus and Sarah Shamrock, like, that has nothing to do with their second... No. Or their their last, last names, name, yeah. so... And it doesn't even have to be like that. Like, yours could be just something... Right. I can't so think why of don't anything we, yeah, off the top of my head. Let's think of it but, this yeah, week, we'll and then we'll come back it. to it. Okay, Kylie Cyrus and uh, Sarah Shamrock? And and the other thing is that anybody listening is allowed to throw in some input on this. Oh yeah, help us figure out what John's nickname will be. Totally. You can tweet at us. Or, you know, emails. Or you know, just shout out throughout the window tops, mountain tops. I'll hear it. Mathis will hear it. I'll probably be like inside, but Mathis will hear it. Right. I live in L.A., so the weather's nice, so I'm never inside. But John lives in the snow apocalypse, so yeah, he I, can't. I just like live in the shadows. So why don't you go on to yours? just live in the shadows okay so our other email is from my friend anna and it's hilarious because um i accidentally called our emails fan mail which led her to literally write us a fan letter and scan it and send it to us which i thought was hilarious so uh, when i'm reading this right now i'm reading um a handwritten I'm reading a handwritten letter PDF. that was sent to us. Yes. It's like that whole mix of old and new. She wrote it, and then she 21st century scanned it and sent it to us. Yowzers. It's, it's a big deal. It's a okay. huge deal. Hello, gentlemen. I've been meaning to write you guys since episode uno, but I feel like I'm finally ready to come out of the woods and join the conversation. I'm pretty sure that's a Taylor Swift reference. Probably. I catch that. Uh, I really hope you guys can read my handwriting. If you can't, then this is totally awkward, and I'm sorry. Anyways, I'm a huge fan of your podcast. I've told Mathis this before, but I love the rawness and the way each topic and conversation is really vulnerable. The awkwardness of the really deep talks is beautiful, and I'm so thankful for it because it's so honest. I want to go back a couple of episodes ago to when John talked about being a wandering soul. That really resonates with me, and as I was listening... All I could think about was the Milan Kundra Kundra novel, The Unbearable Lightness of Being. Mm -hmm. In the novel, Kundra talks about the eternal return or how our souls are composed of different circles. And that's why we always have that longing, feeling for something, or longing and feeling for something else. Maybe it's more noticeable in our generation but I think we have all experienced it. Last episode, you guys talked about whether or not hell is for reals. And here's the thing. I'm not sure that's the right question. Maybe the question here is how wide is God's grace? And perhaps the biggest issue with religion today is that we are so torn. Is that torn? Taught? Oh, we are taught to do things because we have to. It becomes almost like a tally count. Yep. I think it should be a thing that you do because you want to reciprocate the love of God and the sacrifice of Jesus uh, that he did for us. Or maybe our flaw lies in the fact that we try to explain everything and sometimes we forget to live because we are so busy trying to find meaning. Mm -hmm. Who knows, really? Anyways, (laughs) I think this is the part where I'm supposed to ask you questions because – That's the point of this, right? Okay, here we go. And the first question is, if your life got turned into a movie, who would play you and who would direct and why? 
And the second question is, you guys talk about creativity in filmmaking. As artists, where do you draw the line between self-expression and self-obsession? Is there a thing? And this concludes my lovely letter slash fan mail. I hope you guys made it this far. Stay gold, and I bid you two adieu. Um, oh, and then the PS on it was check out the book Blue Like Jazz by Donald Miller in Judah Smith's podcast. And I would like to say up front, I did listen to two episodes of Judah Smith's podcast. And uh, have you listened to it before, John? I have not. He, so he speaks at a really famous church in L.A., He's their pastor, and oh. he's he's just he's very renowned right now. Like the the Christian uh, world is very into Judas Smith right now. He's very um, he's very good. He screams a lot, but it's kind of he's... awesome because yeah, he screams. What do you mean he screams? Like he just starts uh, yelling his words, and then sometimes he'll just yell like. Like, why am I like, like that? Oh. Yell, you know, like, oh, okay. it's just some at some points I was like, this is really intense. But at other points, I was like, I'm just really thankful that he actually feels the things that he's talking about. Like, yeah, I get that. He, you can tell it tears him apart. And I, I went I went and looked him up on iTunes and I went back to this uh, this six this six Sunday series that he did. So I was like, OK, I'll just listen through this. And so I listened to part one and part two and it is about the it is about all of the the desires within us that we think are going to leave us as we get older like the the feeling to just uh let go of of everything that we have and just like go into it's hard to explain but just like um just to leave the family you have or to leave the job you have or just to like just to escape, like you just have these crazy desires in you to like, to not be a part of what you're a part of at that moment, or uh, the desires to give up and just like uh, throw in the towel for a period of time. Like he talks a lot about, um, you know, like um, New Year's resolutions, like just applying that to like all of your your life, you know, like um, saying, all right, well, this is the time, this is the moment, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and I feel so on fire, and then so many mm-hmm. of those things, like, do not happen, which is kind of right. like the reverse of desires. So he's talking about, like, negative desires that are, like, um, tearing us apart, but he's also talking about when we have great desires, for some reason those always get torn down, like, we just don't go after the things that we want to go after, and that made me think about the conversations that you and I have had about, like, there's there's just so many great things, you know, um, writing speaking specifically, like um, screenwriting speaking. There's so many things that I want to do and I just don't do them. And it just doesn't like it's it doesn't make sense. Like, why would I just not do it whenever it's something? So it's just something that I want to do so badly and it right. doesn't matter how badly I want to do it. So he, he his second episode's a lot about that. And then. Uh, the first episode resonated with me a lot too, because he, you know, he talks about like, um, when he was younger, he always thought like certain desires would just leave his, leave his mind or, uh, his attention, like carnal desires or, um, 
um, what else was he talking about? Just um, that desire to like escape everything that you're a part of. And he's like, and this he's he says like the sermon is more for the older people in the audience because those desires don't leave you. Like they don't just leave on their own. Like you you work through those things, and you can't just. Um, you can't just expect them to leave. And when he says work through them, he talks about um, he talks about how they'll always be within you. Like you always have the desire to, to to do this or to do that, but you you have to be so overwhelmed by the good things of your life and so overwhelmed by the people of your life and by the God that you that you serve. Like so much love, so much grace, so much goodness. It's so overwhelming that despite those desires in you, um, you you continue along the path that you want to be on. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Judah Smith is really interesting, Anna, and I'm gonna keep listening to him. And I I'll have to check him at out. At least, yeah, at least for this whole series, I'm gonna listen to him. But I just wanted to let you know because I actually wait. So is the podcast like his sermons? Exactly. Yeah. So oh. each each one's about like forty minutes, I think. Okay. They they move really fast just because he's very like, boom, 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 boom the whole time. Like there's no lull, and it's very energized. Like I was saying, oh. he's so loud and <laughs> crazy. And when he yells, you know, you're listening, and you're like, yeah, that's how I feel. Like I get that. <laughs> Like I understand so, yeah, that. It's, yes. I but I wanted that to... guttural instinct to yell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> guttural instinct. I will never go for, but <laughs> that I feel. Yes, Judah. Yes. So yeah, I mean, I just wanted to uh, explain the what I heard Judah Smith talking about because a lot of it felt really uh, relevant and very like important messages, and I did appreciate that a lot. So that's why I wanted to share it with you. Just encourage you more to go listen to it for yourself as well and go see how you felt. Are you talking about me personally or, like, the yeah. audience? Oh. No, you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I, is this me? Uh, who are you talking to? <laughs> are you talking to me? Everyone else? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll give it a try. I, I, yeah. Anyways, I don't want to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> so should we go talk about, before she, she got into it, the questions? Or should we go straight to the questions? Wait, what? I kind of, well, I kind of want to mention... Um, where Anna talks about, uh, oh. you know, like th what's the the right question or, uh, sure. So I mean, just yeah, to, we like, can talk go about back that. to that. Yeah, to go back to it yeah, briefly. she did have a lot of good things in there. Yeah, um, my big my big thing for me uh, is that a lot of the questions that we bring up on here that mm -hmm. um, that are about existence or about spirituality or are about God. It is a very, like, what does this mean? Where is that from? Is this real? Is this not real? Like, it is a lot of, like, um, it's a lot of just, like, detailed uh, uh, ideas, like, looking for answers. But the difference between uh, that and just a lot of, like, institutional religion for me is that these these are questions that I'm just, that I am and you are definitely are just enjoying pondering over as a part of life and right. i'm at peace with that I, that i don't know the answers to this mm -hmm. and beyond this podcast like i don't like 
I don't like wander through life like <laughs> needing to have these conversations with people and like uh, needing to question everybody's uh, perception Beliefs. of God. Yeah, yeah exactly. No. It's just cool. it's just very enjoyable. Like these aren't things that hang you and me up. They're no. just things that are that really just invigorate us to talk about. Yeah, I, I just wanted just, to throw that out first. I just enjoy like asking the questions and exactly seeing what type of answers we can possibly get. Cause I just really don't like that. I don't like when there's an absolute answer to things. Cause I don't think that's true in this world. You know, it's never yeah. black and white. And so like, I love hearing different opinions and I, I mean, and also just finding out which one speaks to me personally. So yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that, and I think that we're, we're all right. You know, like, uh, Anna saying, um, uh, you know, she asked about, or she talked about us trying to figure out whether hell was real or not. Mm -hmm. And she talks about the better question is how wide, how is, wide God's is God's grace? grace? And I think that Ooh. I would agree with her. I'm like, yes, that, that is the better question, but this is just about any question like sure. it's acceptable to ask any question and yes. to, to ponder any idea yeah that's really the message i want to get across is that there's really no wrong answer or no wrong question yeah um yeah and i feel like that's something that's not taught a lot anymore and not even just mm -hmm. with religion i mean just in general like we're not supposed to you know question authority we're not supposed to question you know what we've been taught in school but i feel like it's all stuff that we need to not take at face value sometimes. Yeah. Um, cause any, any type of situation where like someone is telling you something in absolute, it, there's always the opportunity for them to take advantage of you. Then, um, I was thinking more so with like the authority, not that you shouldn't follow authority, but sometimes people with authority can take advantage of you. Um, yeah. Um, just because of how, or their title, or I don't even know if this is relevant to anything we're talking about now that I'm talking. <laughs> no, but it is a very interesting idea to really be telling someone that this is exactly how it is, and that person, like, there's a lot of people who, depending on the amount of conviction you speak with, like, they're going to pick that up as truth, and that's just a really, mm -hmm. you know, on one end of the spectrum, you can't, you can't just say, like, you can't be wishy-washy about certain things. Like you can't be like, well, maybe this is true. Maybe this is not like, that's, that's not really helpful to anybody. But on right. the other end, you can't be like, this is exactly how it is for issues that no one on earth knows exactly how it is. Right. No. And that's really the biggest problem I have with life in general is when people <laughs> say that <laughs> is when people try to tell me that things are absolute when in my mind, they're not, um, Everything's just way too free-floating and free-forming for that to be true. That's what I think too, Mathis. <laughs> there it All is right. again. You're using I my know. name again. I know. I did that one on purpose. <laughs> oh, um, you're so funny. Thank you. Okay. Do you want to go into the first question? Yeah. So this I actually did come up with a really good answer for, um, unlike Sarah and Kylie's question, unfortunately. Um I would like Jeff Nichols to direct my movie. The guy who directed Mud and um, Oh, that's a good answer. Take Shelter and his new movie is coming out like in a month, Midnight Special. Yes. He's a he's a great director. Um and I think it's because like 
I'm just now not a boy, and he does a lot of stories about boys, so I'm like, well, maybe down the road. We'll see how much of a life I live, but he's really good at boys. Um, I mean, he does have a lot of men in his stories, too, but that's Well, he's probably just one of those people out. that he can talk from what he knows, and he really only knows about, you know, being a male. Exactly. And um, he, may, he may not be able to really put himself into the position of being a woman mentally. But I mean... The way so. he he wrote Sarah, uh, not Sarah, what um, uh, Jessica Chastain and Take Shelter is very like, is very true. I'd say so, but I do cool. think that he does gravitate towards the male, yeah, the male i uh, the male character. Um, what was I Oh, he's a very quiet filmmaker, and I think in a lot of ways, like I'm a quiet soul, and I think that, I think that that would come across. I hope, um, and I <laughs> I would want. James Dean to play me in a movie. Of course. Right. Because um, who wouldn't, right? <laughs> well, I get told I look like James Dean all the time, so I feel like it's perfect. I honestly don't know who I'd want to play me. The um, Last week on my... No, that was... On the day of the Oscars last week, I was on the way home... Uh, and I was in an Uber, and... Um, you are so L.A. <laughs> uh, anyways, John, that's not important. So I'm in an Uber on the way home, and the guy asked me, like, are you going to Hollywood for the Oscars? And I was like, oh, God, no, that sounds like a, a nightmare. And I told him I was going to a party, and he took it to mean, like, a dress-up kind of party, like an Oscars party, like, I don't know why. But he was like, you should go as James Dean for the Oscars party and I was wow. like yeah and I was like oh do you think I look like James Dean and he was and he's like hesitates for a minute and he's thinking and then he starts nodding and he says you're, you're an uglier version of him yeah I would say no that's what he said to you he totally did no lie I feel like you almost have to respect that <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> John like, that's you have to exactly be like, my response I laugh be like, so hard I don't agree with you but I respect you Thank yeah, you. <laughs> I laughed so hard, and I was like, the balls you have to make that joke, I am like, I do respect that, because I can't believe you just said that, and it, and it's funny. I kind of love that. That's awesome. Isn't that hilarious? So, yes, I am told I look like James Dean a lot, but for all anybody knows, I'm just the uglier version You're of him. You're just the ugly version. <laughs> hey, that's okay. At least you're a version of him, right? Right, and if I'm going to get a Hollywood movie, then... You know, I'm going to be glamorous. Something, right? I'm going to be I'm going to be the James Dean version of myself. So, yes, Jeff Nichols directing a movie about that sounds me like a perfect movie. James Dean. Um, so that sounds like a perfect movie, doesn't it? Whenever I thought of it, I was like, God, I would go see that movie. So who do you think should play me? See, it was hard enough for me to figure out myself, so the well, fact I didn't know that if you would ever put this thought... challenge on me is not right of you. I mean, Probably what is, what is right? You know, <laughs> I wish you could see my face right now. Total joke. Total joke. <laughs> Wait, is this like 22 Jump Street skinny Jonah Hill? <laughs> or like, um, Hail like Caesar Wolf Jonah Hill. Street, Jonah Hill. <laughs> Girl, I'm coming for you. <laughs> Just a joke. Let me think. You're like the hot version of Jonah Hill. Would you rather be the ugly James Dean or the hot Jonah Hill? Ooh, that's a tough question. 
Honestly, you'd still probably the, want to be the ugly James, James Dean. Dean. Yeah, that's what I was going to choose. Yeah, because um, he's a very he's a very attractive human being. He sure is. Um, How about I Ryan do- Gosling? I mean, that's fine. I don't think I look like him though. Oh, you know what though? You, he's he's a little too quiet for you. You know? How do you what? What about Nicholas Holt? I feel like I have a Nicholas Holt face. Nicholas Holt's kind of like a. But he has like an aggressive face. You know yeah, what I mean? <laughs> he's also just kind of like uh, he's always really tense in all of his movies. Like he yeah, just so looks maybe at that's you, not and me. you're like, "Can you take a chill pill?" Like every <laughs> can you like time chill you your face Nicholas, a bit. <laughs> every time you see Nicholas Holt's face, you're like, "You need a back robe." Like you just look you really upset. Well, anyways, I know who would want to. I would want to direct me, and that is um, our good friend who I literally just blanked on his name. Give me a sec, David O. He's Russell. Actually- <laughs> I was like, he's actually our friend. He's not. No. Um, did I tell you? But I think I saw David or Russell once. You did told me that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure I did. But anyways, just, James McAvoy. Uh. Okay. Maybe. No. But I mean, that's uh, that's a good one. I'm trying over here. Yeah. It's okay. Michael we don't have Fassbender. to decide. That'd be fun. That would be really good. Be good to see him play funny too. Yeah. But as long as you have David O. Russell, I just love how intense he is. David O. Russell. He just makes me laugh whenever I hear stories about him as a director. Oh, yeah. Like, he's like – he's so artsy-fartsy that it's hilarious. Totally. Um, I think you have the right – you have the right characteristics for a David O. Russell character, so I could see that. That was the kindest thing you've ever said to me. Really? I was like, I think he's going to be insulted. <laughs> Not at all. I was insulted when you call me Jonah Hill. (laughs) (laughs) Does it retract it at all if you're the hot version of Jonah Hill? No. That's Um, still... It's okay. Let's let's move on. (laughs) Well, whoops. I'm really not offended. Okay, the Um, next question's really hard. Yeah, it is. I think it's a great concept... And I don't know how to answer it at all. Because it's I don't been know a little while since is... we said it, I'm just going to repeat it real quick. It was, as an artist, where do you draw the line between self-expression and self-obsession? Is there you know, a thing? Right. And here's the thing. I don't think there's such a thing. I think there's a line for the audience. But I think as a filmmaker and as someone who's making something, I don't think there's a line. Does that make sense? I think for the creator, there's no line. But maybe there is a line then for the people that will be observing that creation. I think there's two different lines. Hmm. Does that make sense? Because yeah, I've watched yeah, something. I, I think so. I've watched stuff where I think it's over the line between the idea of self-expression or self-obsession. But I can tell that the person who made it, you know, I don't think there's really a difference between self-expression and self-obsession when you're making something. I guess this is exclusively like like you're making something about yourself, right? That's what this would have to be. Not necessarily. Or is it is it like also like self-indulgent in the sense of like I I think honestly I think that's something fire. different. Oh, okay. Self-indulgent, I would say something different than self-obsession. Okay. Cuz when I read self-obsession, <clears throat> I I just immediately thought that you were um, like telling, telling, uh, making a, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, 
Well, if you apply it directly to filmmaking, like, you're just talking about yourself in a movie. Right. And do you think that's what Anna means? Like, uh, I'm it's not just sure. all about I don't you. think it... Yeah, maybe. Uh, or maybe... A, I'm honestly not sure. I would probably need more time to ponder this. Yeah, that's what I, I should, feel like. I should have I pondered that, it more throughout the week. <laughs> I think that sometimes you watch a, a movie and, like, when when uh you come out of it you're like this director is going through something like they're really experience some experiencing something and it's coming through in this movie and that could be categorized as self-obsession you know Honestly, the like first thing i thought of was terrence malick because i mean you mm-hmm. know how i feel about terrence malick i do i feel like he is the extreme of self-expression and from my like perspective it seems a little self-obsessed of him to make content like that over and over and over again. But I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I just think for, as a viewer, it's not for me. And I think that there's a line. Um, but I know for him making it, it's probably not that way. Yeah. I, I wish I had more, I had better words to describe it, but I don't. It's just a really, it's a really interesting concept that's hard to talk about. I yeah. Guess. And I think it's so relative. Yeah, it's very relative. So. I guess it's it comes down to like is it is it good, you know, like is it is it great and it doesn't matter if it's so much about yourself. I think that that's that's a huge part of whenever you learn about filmmaking. It's like you're not going to make a great story if you're just if you're obsessed with yourself the whole time. So, if but if it is self-expression and it, and it's well, see, here's let me restart. It's it's it hasn't crossed the line if it's still a great story or a great movie or a great piece of art. Yeah, but I think that but depends if it's on not the person. Great, exactly, exactly. So, so it depends on the person. But I think if it's widely accepted as as great, then it hasn't become self obsessed. I don't think we can say that. What would you say? I I mean I feel like we're just going to go around in circles. I think it's very relative. Like, I think it's very individualized. And it depends if we're talking about from the person who makes it point of view or not, I think. That's the question I would ask. Is it from the, the, the maker's point of view? Right, and I feel like that's yeah. almost the question she's asking. Cause she, well, maybe not. I don't yeah. know. I feel like we're going to keep going around in circles if we keep talking about it, honestly. But I'm going to be thinking about this throughout the week. Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like... If you are going to look at it from a maker's perspective, and I can only speak from my own experience, and I could also speak for you from this perspective, I would say that um, if you're in a good place, you're not. You're just going to have the intuition to not be obsessed with yourself and what you make. Yeah. And I don't think that you're obsessed in what you you write or create, and I don't think that I'm obsessed with myself and what no. I write or create. But honestly, I I almost think it's okay to be obsessed with yourself. Not in like an ego way, but I feel like we have to kind of be obsessed with ourselves. Does that make sense? I, I know what you're getting at. There's a better way to say it. But... <laughs> right. There's a better word than obsessed. Right. So, you, <laughs> you should be very at home with yourself, like your thoughts and your mind. And you and should want to are. always want to continue to grow and, and to push it. yourself forward and to honestly take chances. and. Yeah. But yeah, you don't want to be like so obsessed with yourself when you're wearing like two polos from Hollister, you know, you're 
People do that? Mathis. People did that. Oh, it's it's past? <laughs> it is past. So if you still do that, then you're like past self-obsessed. You're totally. Like, you're self-obsessed, Into a whole new realm. In in the past. My mind just got blown. You know who that would be? That would be Uncle Rico in <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite. Dynamite. Yep. That is not the first time Uncle Rico has gotten brought up this weekend. <laughs> Can I just say that? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. He was he was quoted multiple times on Friday night with some friends I was with. Oh, my gosh. So I'm sitting next to my buddy in church today, and they're, they're talking up at – like the, and they're giving this message about, like, you know, Christians have skills for this and skills for that. And he's like, nunchuck skills, <laughs> speeder bike skills. It was so <laughs> – Funny. yeah my friend i mean you know you know this friend actually it's my friend mike okay um, he was uh he was quoting the part where he was like how much you want to bet i can throw a football over the mountains <laughs> <laughs> they can do it so much better than i can but uh, he's he's pretty good at at, at voices especially yeah, when is. it's just very uh distant people like that <laughs> yeah they're just like oh it's man. yeah it was fun just gone um, oh, that's so funny. Why don't we go into that topic that we discussed? Right. So something... I, we should almost preface like last week after we recorded this, me and Mathis actually got onto this topic, um, yeah. and talked about it for quite a while. Um, and I think we were both kind of, well, I, I guess I can only speak for myself. I thought it was such a great topic to bring up, um, mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk about it more, so that's why I'm excited that we're going to talk about it. Okay, go. <laughs> well, something something that you and I talk about a lot recently, and we've touched on it a bit in this podcast, is the power within oneself, like the untapped yes. power. Like we are so much more, we're so much more powerful in a spiritual sense than we realize. Uh-huh. And and I just want to go from that into into what we're about to talk about. <laughs> right. So um, me and John were talking about prayer and mm-hmm. uh, specifically when when someone prays over you, it is an absolutely uh, different phenomenon than anything that you could do um, it can be. alone with God. It can be, correct, it can be. And I would honestly say there's very f- rare experiences where you get that sense. Does that make that's, sense? That's very I, true. Because people cause pray I don't, over you all the time. All the but, time. Well, right, if you grew yeah. up in church, then yes. Otherwise, right. if you didn't, you probably haven't had that experience. <laughs> yeah, you're like just walking down this. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> um, but people it's very, it's very normal um, right, for people yeah. when you go to church for people to be like, "Can I pray for you?" It's not that right. weird. Um, but very rarely do you get like this internal sense where it's like feeding your soul, and I feel like unless you've had that experience, it's really hard to describe, but I do it believe is, yeah. that there are experiences where, you know, they're tapping into some type of spiritual element where they really are getting some type of, you know, prolific information, well, prolific information on you or, mm-hmm. you know, a sense of where you are in life and just kind of mm-hmm. validating. Um, but yeah, so go keep going. And I mean, the big reason this came up, uh, it's very personal, so I'm not going to get into it deeply, but I was prayed for um, a little while before we recorded the last episode. And to me, um, it was, it that prayer brought about like the presence of God in me, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've, I felt it in a way that I never felt before. And while it was happening, um, I was thinking about like I could, I could not have brought this upon myself. There's no way that I could, I could right. pray to God, and and this would have just happened. And maybe you know that's just me personally speaking. And I say that because the things, the things that my friend was praying over me, I've prayed over myself a hundred times, and I've right. never experienced anything like this. And this moment just, just opened that window to like the phenomenon of wow when somebody else's heart speaks to your own heart on behalf of something spiritual it's it's an entirely different experience and it plays it plays into that like element of community and how important community is to spirituality like community is everything with spirituality right. mm-hmm. like me on my own sitting in my room right now i i can start i can start uh praying I can start um, meditating. I can start thinking about my own life, and and the the feeling for me, only me, because I can only speak for me. It would not come, but he he's praying over me, and I start feeling this way, this way that I've never felt before. And ever since that happened, I've been obsessed with this idea of like possibly the most important element of spirituality is one soul talking to another soul, touching another soul, and. Mm-hmm. And I'm just very, I'm just very fascinated with that I- idea right now. Um, I don't know. Take it away, John. I don't know where else to go right now. I mean, as you were saying that, all I kept thinking was, I think it's, I think it what it is, is that when someone's praying over you and they validate something that you've been either going over in your head or you think you need to do this certain thing, and then they tell you that. I think that's where a lot of that spiritual element comes in is that validation and that validation kind of awakens something in you like, Oh, I, you know, someone else is seeing this in me. I'm on the right track. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering if that is a part of it, not so much that you can't get it on your own, but just the idea that someone else is validating you. Um, cause I do think you can get it on your own. I mean, mm-hmm. and I don't mean you personally, but I mean you as in we, um, mm-hmm. but I, um, I've had good and bad experiences with people praying over me. Um, in college we had, um, what did we, what was the, f- you know how we had a weekly floor thing? What was that called? I couldn't think of it. Mm. Was it floor worship? Is that what it was called? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, well one week, I don't even remember what year, I think it was the year I was in RA. So my junior year, we, um, met in the girls dorms basement and one of the professors came and he did this whole thing on praying over people. I don't know if you were there for that Mathis. No, I wasn't. Um, and so what he had us do was he had us get with a partner and this honestly made me so uncomfortable. Um, he made us get with a partner and, um, when you were with that partner, you were supposed to pray that you would get a word for them um and for some with anxiety that is a lot of pressure um to put that on people um to say that like you need to pray for someone and get a word to tell them that god wants to tell them describe what get a word means that's very christian um like is it um so pretty much like you want to 
like a word like uh, uh, I don't even know. Well, um, it's pretty simple. It's and just it's not, like it's like God putting something in your mind. That's what people right. usually essentially are like it's for the you're other supposed person. yeah you're supposed to f- speak for God essentially, um, yeah. and so I remember even in the moment thinking like you know what if I don't get a word I got super anxious about it and um, I honestly don't remember how that went but then the professor went around to each group and was praying over people and giving them words. And then when he got to me, he was praying over me and he did not get a word. So I was the only person in the group who, when he prayed, he did not get a word. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh, of course not. Yeah. Um, So A, that was super frustrating because obviously, I mean, I was, I would say I was at like a pretty vulnerable spiritual state at that point. You know, I was looking for validation from God that I was just loved, honestly. And then he gets nothing. And I'm like, sweet, because God hates me. Of course, that must be it. Um, and I'm that that's, I'm exaggerating. I didn't actually think that God hated me. No, but, no. But um, it's it frustrating hurts. when he, it does hurt. That's a good word to put it. I, I was super hurt. Um, it's just, it's frustrating because mm-hmm. I've never had an experience experience where um someone like prolifically tells me something i've had experiences with people praying over you in a sense but not where they like individually are like john this is what god wants to tell you i haven't had that experience um and i'm not sure if it's because i'm so aware because I think what it was that night is that I was aware that I was supposed to be thinking of something. So I got anxious. And so like that in, in itself, like closed me off yeah. um, from kind of just being in the moment and like being connected to whatever it is. Um, I don't know. So whenever I think of people praying over you, I always go back to that and I just always leaves a bad taste in my mouth. But in saying that, like when you were telling me your story, I could just deeply feel how incredible that would have felt. Yeah. Um, So I understand the experience you had. I just unfortunately have not had very good ones. Well, it should be it. You know, I I can't stress enough that I don't have experiences like this. I've never got a word either. Like nothing beyond like God wants you to know he loves you. Like nothing beyond (laughs) that, like super broad idea that they told to 30 people before they told it to me right so it's and even even in this circumstance it like wasn't a word so i still don't even know what that like that prophetic prolific like idea i'm I'm like getting frustrated thinking about it um it almost goes back to like frustrated it doesn't happen for everybody i don't think I'd, yeah, I'd but it happened it. for everyone else in the room, <laughs> and then came to good old John, and the well, good Lord wasn't speaking. It. Well, that's because you weren't there. That doesn't matter. I didn't mm-hmm. experience. But it. I mean, at a, at like a deeper level, you almost feel like God ends up favoring all these other people. You know I what I mean? I can see that. Yeah. Um, I can see that. It's kind of like a slap in the face. Like you get nothing, and it's it, like, well, well, what did I do that like? Like, why are you punishing me like that? You know, praying for other people is also a very roller coaster of emotions for me. Like, I go through times where I think it's 
amazing, and I go through times where I think it's really uncomfortable or silly. And sometimes it's at the same time. Like right now, I'm at I'm in this place where I think that praying over people is profound and important. But like sure. somebody, I'll see somebody pray over someone, or like I I'll hear them praying, or they'll like pray over me, and I'm like, this is really silly. Like I don't think that this person knows me at all. And you know, sometimes. Well, and I think the they, thing they don't. that that ups not upsets me, but I don't like when people force you to pray for someone. I remember a lot during like growing up uh, in youth group, which is like, uh, you know, the kid hangout for church. Um, yeah. They, they would set you in groups and make you pray for each other. And yeah, that always made me so uncomfortable. Like, it's just not a thing that I feel comfortable doing. It's not a gift that I have. And I don't think everyone is meant to do that. Um, at least I don't know. I, I think I just, oh. <laughs> I don't know. For me, for me, that, that element of it, it's just like, um, for, for me, it has been taken a while to get used to the way that I want to do it because I can't do it like other people want to do it. And um, I, no matter what I say, like at least to this point, I'm not, I'm not going to think of very specific things to like pour into them like i'll be praying over them and they'll be like oh my god how'd you know i was going through that like that's right. that has never happened and and i'm okay if that never happens it right now how i feel about it is like um i come back to treat others the way you want to be treated treat your neighbor as as yourself so when i pray for people i am i'm thinking of all the things that that god can and does bless me with and how how much I I just appreciate that, and how much I want it to continue, and I just direct that towards another person, and I'm like, mm-hmm. for everything that could possibly happen to me, and everything that does happen to me, and every way that I feel the presence of 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 God in my life, and how much it can fill me up, I just pray that over this person, and yep. you know that's that's the extent of it. Like I can't I can't pray the way that some and, people pray. And you know, and I, I just had an epiphany. Pressure. I just had an epiphany. What, what it is, it? is I don't like when people pray over me and not with me. Um, in a sense where it's kind of like when people are talking uh, at you and not with you. That's yes, what I feel yeah. like people praying over you is. Is they're, yeah. they're, you know, they're not including you. And, yeah. I w- and I'm all for people praying with me. Like, and it's a thing between us two. But I feel like when you're praying over someone, it's not like that. Or at least it, it's not always like that. Um, I I think that ha- that can always become anxious. Like, and that's that's it, when it I have a problem anxious, with it. But it always can. Because I'm all for praying with people. I mean, that is I think that's an incredible experience, and I have had a lot of that experience, especially growing up in church and then going to a Christian college. Like we do that all the time. Um, but yeah, the act of praying over someone always gave me anxiety and I think it's for that reason like I like to Mm -hmm. do things with people and not I don't know it's it but yeah that was the epiphany I had I understand the frustration I just when someone when someone is going to pray over me and I don't know them I I hate it I'm like Please I don't do like you. You don't know me. You're, when it's you're like, not gonna... I don't want you knowing my secrets. <laughs> exactly. And that's the other element of it. I'm like, what's God going to tell you? Like, yeah, you like, don't deserve sh- to know me. Like, sh- get out of here. Like, like, God, I that was over me. keep my secrets. Dang. Yeah. So, I mean, 
so that that's just two elements of it. It's just a really, it's an anxious thing. Um, and I totally agree with you. Like, pray, pray with people. Don't pray yeah. over them. It's just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to denounce praying over people altogether. But it's no, just a very and I'm not sensitive... either. I hope I hope it doesn't come across that way. Yeah, um, it, it doesn't to me. But you know, just for the for the sake of clarity, because I think <laughs> sometimes it does sound like extremes on the podcast. Totally. And it's it's not extremes. It's well, just it's just no. And I hope people a lot know of it that can it... be. You think people know that? I don't. I the, I was just gonna say that I hope people know that. When we talk about it, we're talking about it from our personal experience, and we're not trying yeah. to push that onto anyone that that's anyone else's experience, except for our own. Um, and yeah. I think that's always important to clarify as well. I think um, it's it's just such a it's a sensitive action towards somebody totally. else. And like I would totally pray with you and pray if I thought I could like pray over you, I would. Exactly. But I feel like it, because we're so comfortable with each other, but. Right, yeah, I don't yeah. want no rando being like, the Lord told me something about you, John. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. And then I run away. <laughs> right. And if, if it's a random person, then I don't want them praying over me unless, unless in the slight chance where I'm like, I feel very comfortable with this person praying over me. Then I will I, I would let them. But I don't I don't think that that happens all too often. I'm trying to think of a moment where that's happened. Any time that I've ever asked somebody to pray over me, uh, I have I've known them well. Um, yeah, but even then, even when I ask them to pray over me, it just becomes very uh, conversational, like very, uh -huh. very back and forth. Um, I don't know. I think it's it can it can surprisingly be a very alienating experience totally. for somebody to like walk up and be like. All right, so I'm to pray over you, and you're like, "What? Like, what's wrong with me? Like, I just got like spiritual quarantined over here." Well, yeah, yep. I don't know. It, okay. Something. Uh, no, go for did it. Did you have somewhere else to go with it? No. Something that came up this weekend with um, a friend of mine was that uh, a lot of times when somebody will. We'll pray. We'll pray over someone, and anything will happen. Any sort of spiritual stirring would happen. They will elevate that person to like a a higher uh, closeness to God. Like yes. they will get that that feeling. Yes. And and we were talking about how like how important it is to remember that that's not true whatsoever. It's just. But it's. I feel, I feel like it is though. <laughs> that's at least logically it would make sense that the but, closest people to the closer people are to god the more and i mean th this is i i know this isn't true but like i can just remember myself in the situation and that is exactly how i felt like, like wow that person's really close to yes, god yes i mean not... that's why god's blessed them with these gifts and not me because but they're I've... obviously closer i think th i think that it's it's one of those things that it is all within you and and you you can you can do it too, and maybe it just you it, can do it. You can do it. Yeah. There's I, 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 Rob Schneider cheering me on. Yes. Hey, whatever whatever gets you through the day, you know, whatever makes you <laughs> makes you good at prayer. If it's Rob Schneider, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> That'd be weird. Don't do that. 
Um, I, I won't. Don't worry. To a degree, it is like that person is spiritually closer, but I don't think that it's like it's not by that person's abilities at all. It's just like they've decided they've decided to like build that muscle. They've decided to well, open those opportunities, or they've decided to. I don't know. It, it and all, I feel like I'm going to contradict me, myself because I honestly don't think that's true either. That that they're closer to God. I think. I think that's me, ridiculous. Wait, say it again. What's ridiculous? Well, just the idea that if you're closer to God, then you're going to have all these crazy cool spiritual gifts. Because no. I don't, I don't think that's true. And no, but I, but what I do think is true is that somebody can pray over somebody else. That's that's what this is all about. And I think yes. that something can happen, you know, like totally. Um and and the the problem the problem that we were talking about is that people, you know, they will elevate those people and it's like I'm not doing anything differently than you. I'm not a different person than you. I prayed over you and something happened and that's only because that can be a phenomenon. Like Totally. Yes. That's that's not because I I'm like close to yes. God. It's because like I prayed over you. It's a phenomenon. And, You're right. Exactly. And God looks at that and he says like that's yeah. special. That's that's a special thing. Yeah. And that and that creates the that effect. So Yeah, so I think I think in the right in the right uh circumstances me who I do not feel like I do not feel like other people would look at me and go like, wow, they're really spiritually close to God. Just, and I think that is a, that is a, a false thing that that's not true, but you know, a lot of people do think it. Um, so I don't think anybody would ever say that about me, but I think that in the right circumstances, I could pray over someone and then they could feel the presence of God. Well, that yeah, is, I think anyone could. Exactly. Well, and, and like, the what point. is prayer? The, the opportunity I mean, is there for everyone. Well, and then you have to define what prayer is. You know? What is prayer? What well, what else could prayer be? What do you mean? I mean, I think prayer can just be, even. Um, sorry, I dropped my earphone. I think uh, conversations can be prayer. Like, I don't think it has to be specifically, you know, this idea that you are sitting down, and internally, or externally, I guess, praying. Um, to God, you know, I think prayer is very much, you know. It could be walking through nature. It could be just talking with someone who needs to be talked to. Um, I think our definition of prayer is very uh, limited when really I think it's pretty expansive. Yeah, I would, for me, it would be um, anything that you welcome God into. So if, if you, if you are welcoming God into a conversation with somebody, and I don't know if that actually is like a, like, okay, I welcomed God, we're good. I don't know if it's like something like that, or if it's just like living in that sort of, uh, in that sort of way. So that when you're in a conversation, it's like, I welcome God wherever, wherever he will be. Or I walk through nature and I'm welcoming God wherever he will be. Um, I don't know. For me, that's, that's what prayer would, would be like. Hmm. Yeah. Do you want to? So you have a very interesting concept of. I don't know if we should get into it. I I think I, know. I think yeah. you would be free to talk about it. Uh huh. But you you brought up the idea of collective soul whenever we talked about this. Yeah. 
Um, and I think that it's a really fascinating idea I and do it would too. be worth sharing about. I kind of want to give it more time though than I think what we have. Don't you think? We Do you think it could be a whole episode? I think or so. Well, a large section of an episode? I think so. Because I think it poses a lot of different questions that could go in a lot of different ways. That's true. It does, yeah. Um, but the idea, I guess to touch on it vaguely, mm-hmm. the the idea of collective soul would be that, um, at least in this specific conversation, mm-hmm. that maybe the reason why that phenomenon happens is because we all do share yes. the same the same soul in a sense or we're all a part of the same soul um i think it freaks that's people the out. best way to put it yeah. yeah i think it freaks people out if we say that we're all the same soul um right it doesn't freak me out but yeah um you know the way that i like to think about it is if you think of like so think of like a pie and yeah. think of the center of the pie as like you know the the heart of the soul and then there's just a lot of different pieces cut out all coming from that same soul but they're different you know um yeah and that's that's it's been a good visual for me as i've uh continued my spiritual walk as they say um because it helps me see people in a better light and to see them like if i see if someone's like really mean to me it's easier for me to be like oh you know what this person is a part is a part of me in some way. And in that way, I have more empathy for them than if they weren't because, uh, I don't know if I should get into more of it. Um, but I think the, the pie analogy is a good way to kind of explain the, essentially the collective soul. Hmm. Yeah. I think it's really fascinating and I would love to really, delve into it. i do too because another episode it's one of my favorite things yeah i know it is and nobody nobody close to me in my life talks about it the way that you do and i think it's a very and i uh it's it's just a very interesting concept it is and i think it can really uh freak people out though oh yeah so i guess there's the warning for that believe me really it come in (laughs) to just come in with an open mind to that conversation and to know that I'm not nec- I'm not saying that this is what life is, but it's oh, an interesting so, yeah. way to look at life in the sense that it can help you understand and treat people with more respect. Um, yeah. So. But yeah, let's talk about the next week. Next week? You want to talk about it? Yeah. I don't think we've Boom. ever like had something it. ahead of time that we were going to for sure talk about next week. Yeah, so we, just, people... we just tease the next episode. Like... Oh my gosh, look at us teasing, you little tease. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week to hear um, about the collective soul. Da-da-da-da. Are we in the 1930s now? <laughs> say, say the everyone, episode... the newspaper's out. <laughs> the yeah, yeah. episode, we're talking <laughs> like that the whole time. That'd be terrible. Yeah, right. All right, well, how are you feeling? I feel good. Yeah, I feel good too. I feel like this has been a different episode. Yeah, uh, I would it, agree. It definitely has a different feeling. Uh, not good nor bad, I would say, just different. And I'm not quite sure why, but... Yeah, I don't know what it is. I think it's good, though. Yeah. 
like I said, not good nor bad, but I think it's good. Um. <laughs> it's 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 different, all right. It's good, different. Good job, yeah. kids. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> um, but yeah, now I'm excited for next week. Yeah, I am too. I'm excited for everything that the world has to offer this week. I'm excited for the emails we're going to get and the tweets oh, yes. we're going to get, John. Ooh, good Because that's going to happen. I'm speaking it into existence right now. Oh, God bless. Um, yeah, so <laughs> honestly, feel free to send us emails. Yes, H-E-L-L-O-A-N-D-A-D-I-E-U at gmail.com. Uh, that's a low can, one to do. Yes. You can always tweet at us. No one ever tweets at us, and I'm kind of upset about it, but it's fine. Uh, <laughs> Um, but we're at um, hello and adieu. Guys, it's really simple to find us. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we made it so easy. <laughs> um, but uh, again, if please go into iTunes and uh, comment and rate oh, yeah. our podcast because that is really how the, the word gets out. So if you listen to the show and you like what you hear, um, please just take a minute to go into iTunes and just write a little tidbit, even yeah. if it's like – love the show guys or topics are great you know things yeah, simple just like, like a that quick little sentence a little snippet like yeah and if you don't like us hey you can you can rate us zero as long as you comment <laughs> and if you guys don't do it we're gonna have to create pseudo usernames I know, and go guys, in there and, and how do it embarrassing ourselves. how embarrassing guys, is that gonna be you guys wouldn't want us to do that and as we write it we're gonna cry and say you made us do this you did this <laughs> uh, uh. But yeah, um, I have. I hope you have a lovely week, everyone who's listening. Uh, but also, oh to you, yeah, Mathis. totally. What? I hope you have a great week. Oh, are you talking to me or to them? Well, both. I said also to you, Mathis. Oh, that's what she said. I was yeah. like, oh yeah, totally to them. And then you said my name, and I was like, wait, what are you talking about? Yes, I I wish the same to to all of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and enjoy your weeks. Cherish life. Cherish is a good word. You text me that, and I love that word. I Cherish. did? Yeah. Oh. We'll talk about it when when we finish the episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's awkward. <laughs> but cherish. I love the word cherish. Um, live it up, people. I'm going to name my first child Cherish. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Please at least make it the middle name. I'm not... Maybe I'll make it both. <laughs> this is Emily Cherish Krabby. <laughs> this is Cherish Cherish. Um, oh, no. We just really wanted to cherish her. Um, all right. Well, I hope you have uh, – I bid you adieu, Mathis. I already, Don't I was gonna, name your kids Cherish. I was going to wish I was gonna wish you a well week again, but then I realized I already did that. So <laughs> I'm just going to bid you adieu. Times. <laughs> I mean <laughs> – Okay. Okay. This has been grand. Yes. And I bid you adieu as well. Okay. I bid you adieu. Adieu. Bye, John. Bye, Mathis. (laughs) (laughs) We're so uncomfortable.